when you're working with a financial planner, you're getting a little a, a guide, somebody that can kind of help you along the way and help you with decision making processes and with you know efficiencies and things like that. So everybody kind of already has a plan. It's up to them whether or not they want to be in control of it or not. everyone and welcome to money speak the show dedicated to help you learn to speak the language of money i'm mike pruitt your host alongside me is my co-host jason henrick out of our wausau office and we are we're gonna hit the ground running today because we got a topic that i really want to dig into um we've talked about doing this one for a little while now and i'm glad we finally get a chance to do it so um yeah let's just launch into it jason you ready to roll let's go we're gonna talk financial planning today and I figured there's a lot of different areas we can cover this. So we're going to split it up over a couple different shows. Um, and we're going to just see where this conversation leads us. But I always like to start these, these topics with a little bit of a kind of a, a background into this and into, into why we came up with this. So I don't know about you, Jason, but for me, Whenever I talk about financial planning, people kind of glaze over, right? I think there's a big <laughs> understanding out there about what financial planning is. So I think it's important to kind of really define. I want to define it in terms of what the industry says, but then I want to spend some time talking about what it means to us. That sounds like a really good idea because I think we're on the same page with when it comes to that there, Mike. So give me, uh, give me the definition. What do you got for like a formal definition of financial planning in your world? So this is this is according to Wiki, you know, uh, which is you know the go-to source for everything knowledge uh, in the world today. Um, correct. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read this line for line exactly how they put it. In general usage, a financial plan is a comprehensive evaluation of an individual's current pay and future financial state by using current known variables to predict future income, asset values, and withdrawal plans. This often includes a budget, which organizes an individual's finances and sometimes includes a series of steps or specific goals for spending and saving in the future. This plan allocates future income to various types of expenses, such as rent or utilities, and also reserves some income for short-term and long-term savings. A financial plan is sometimes referred to as an investment plan, but in personal finance, a financial plan can focus on other specific areas, such as risk management, Management, estates, college, or retirement. Woo! <laughs> Sorry, I'm <laughs> Can't say I blame you for that one, buddy. Oh, my Lord, right? Um, but this is why people's eyes glaze over. Right. Is, is, um, but, but there's some key parts to that definition, too, that matters that jump out at me, right? Like um, asset values, budget, savings, investments, expenses, you know, all of those things are part of financial planning. So here's now, the big one for me. Specific yeah. goals. Is what? Specific goals. Yeah, very good. Absolutely. You know, that's that to me is like is 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 the epitome of what we're trying to do. Is like we're trying to help people get in a number of different areas from point A to point B in the most efficient way possible. That's it. Right. And and isn't that kind of the normal the normal approach when you're trying to set goals, right? Is, is SMART is the acronym that's always used. 
Yep. Well, you want your goals to be specific, right? And you want them to be tangible. So doing financial planning, you know, helps you kind of work towards that. But give, give me your definition. When you're sitting down with a client for the first time and you're really explaining what we do, I mean, you're a certified financial planner. There's a reason you worked for that designation as you clearly see the importance of financial planning. Right. So the best way that I've ever been able to think about it is, Mike, do you have a junk drawer at home? Uh, quite a few of them. Yeah, I have. I have minimum. I, I my wife tries to keep my wife tries tries to keep me down to one. Uh, I have yeah. So I, I I have more of a junk area, right? And in that junk drawer, I have bills, magazines. I have a number of different keys for maybe for the cabin or for wherever else, right? I have yeah. stuff in that drawer. And most clients, when they come to us for financial planning, they have their own drawers and it's their financial drawers. And in those drawers, there's usually a 401k. You know, they've maybe started saving for retirement. There's maybe some life insurance they picked up along the way from, you know, someone along the way here and there. And they've got their mortgage statement, you know, or whatever else. And they've got, uh, you know, maybe they've got a couple kids things. They're thinking about their kids going to college or something, you know, who knows. They've got all kinds of stuff that they've picked up along the way. So our job as financial planners and working with financial planning is to help them organize that drawer and keep what needs to be kept and make it as efficient as possible. You know, for me, what I I usually see, just like you said, there's this kind of collection of things that build up over time. And a lot of times you'll see it in clients where, you know, They've, they've just put their head down for the last 15, 20, 25 years and they've worked and they've raised a family and they've tried to pay off a house. And then all of a sudden they wake up one day and they've got five different accounts and, and old 401ks. And like you said, an inherited life insurance policy and maybe a college 529 plan floating around out there and all this extra money in a savings account that hasn't done anything for two years for them, um, but they still have a mortgage and they're they're waking up and they're starting to realize, holy cow, we, we have all of this stuff. What does it mean and how do we put it all together? And then more importantly, to the point you made earlier, how do we take this and start pointing in the direction of the specific goals that we have? And I think that for a lot of people sometimes is the hardest part of the process is really figuring out those goals. But we're going to we're going to hit on that because one of the things I definitely want to, um, you know, I want to cover some of the some of the barriers that get in the way of financial planning that you've seen, you know, that I've seen as, as financial planners um, that people can kind of be aware of as they go into the process. Um, but, but I guess first, you know, in, one of the things I think too is do, does everybody need a plan? Let, let me ask you that. What, what's your opinion of that? Does every person need a financial plan? At some point? Yes. So, my opinion on it is, is if I'm meeting with a younger person, let's just say they're fresh out of college and they started their first job and they've got, you know, they want to stick a couple bucks into their 401k. Their financial plan at that point is a lot of times, hey, you're young. A lot of cases, you don't have kids. You don't have a spouse. You're living in an apartment. I mean, it's a typical, you know, like young person. Here's your chance to get started. And so is that a financial plan? No. Is it still kind of giving them an idea on what they should be doing? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, as somebody starts to accumulate. So they, they, let me let me back that up and say they're building a good first habit. Right. That first habit that you're that you're that you're starting to build now. 
Sure. Everybody has a financial plan. They just don't know what it is, right? They just may not know exactly what it is. The plan is being set forth for them in some cases. Whereas when you're working with a financial planner, you're getting kind of, you're getting a little, a, a guide, somebody that can kind of help you along the way and help you with decision-making processes and with, you know, efficiencies and things like that. So everybody kind of already has a plan. It's up to them whether or not they want to be in control of it or not. Yeah, no, that's a good way to look at it. I think too, like we always, you know, we've always kind of referred to a financial plan as a roadmap, right? Mm -hmm. And the idea that if I'm going somewhere, if I know that I just want to head out to the West Coast, it's pretty easy. I just, I don't need a, I don't need an extensive roadmap. I just need to know to get started. I need to head West. Yep. Right. On the other hand, if I know specifically where I want to go, I'm trying to get to San Diego. Okay. I'm going to need a more specific roadmap to get me there. Right. And that ties back into what you're talking about. When, when somebody's younger, look, you don't know specifically what you want. You just know that at some point it's going to happen. So right now it's just point us in the right direction, start the saving habits. But as you start going along and you start recognizing, hey, I'm this is the direction I want to go. I know I'm starting to get specific on my goals. That's definitely a good spot for the planning to come into play. So um, do, you, do you ever run into issues with people where, you have this conversation that we've just had over the last 10 minutes about how important financial planning is, mm-hmm. what it means, why you do it, everything. And, and they shake their heads and they say, yes, and it, everybody is on the same page. It sounds great. And then you start the process and then it goes nowhere. Yep. Been why? There. What happens? Because in my opinion, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of we all realize, and, and what I'll say is we all realize when it comes to financial planning, there's a lot of unknowns that are going to come into play at some point in the future, right? You know, so a lot of times people think like, if we're doing our financial plan, this is the way it's going to be. And and that's not the way it's going to be. So why would I bother, right? It's not going to be perf- picture perfect from here to, you know, age 65, I'm going to retire on my 65th birthday and I'm going to get my gold watch and, and turn on my 401k and away we go, right? There's 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 bumps in the road. Who saw 2020 coming? The entire stinking year of 2020. Hey, it didn't snow up here today, I guess. So uh, um, we'll take that. But, Day's not over. Yeah, it's not over yet. Uh, you know, so I think a lot of people think that we're simply, we're charting, charting out a course that can't be taking. It's not so much that we're charting out a course. It's, that we're helping them set up the ability to make good decisions later as well, right? So road bumps happen. How many people have become unemployed this year very unexpectedly, right? How many people have had a, I mean, not to get dark and whatever, but how many people have had a loved one pass away this year very unexpectedly? Sure. Right? Unexpected things are to be nothing but expected throughout our lives. We're not trying to say unexpected things aren't going to happen. We're trying to set up part of our planning process is to get ready for the unexpected things and to have a way that we can work our way around them. 
So when we talk about financial planning, a lot of people, maybe they think that we're just charting out exactly how their life is going to go. And that's not the way it's going to go. So why would I bother? Yeah. No, I, I could totally see that. I, I see people uh, looking that way. I see people that um, sometimes just don't even want to face reality, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so they don't want to sit down and look at their numbers. They, they just would rather kind of turn a blind eye toward it, which, I, you know, I totally get that. And yeah. then, you know, I think there's also, you know, there's, there's situations where, and I think this is where a good planner really, you know, earns their keep is a person doesn't know, you know, that they don't know what they want. Um, and, and, and that changes over time too, right? So you've got the road bumps along the way, um, but you also have just, life changes because of how you feel about things. I mean, you know, you think about when you were a little kid, I mean, most boys when they were small, you know, they wanted to, you know, ride horses or, you know, ride tractors around and and do those things. But as you get older, those goals kind of, they change, right? They morph and they change. Yeah. What I want to do right now when I retire in 20 some years in 20 some years, it may be completely different. So having a plan in place helps you really kind of adjust for that. The other thing I've noticed is, and I think you kind of touched on it, you know, the amount of work involved is I think people have this idea of how cumbersome the process can be. And it it can be, if it's not done the right way, um, it can certainly be a lot of work, you know, but it, but I also think, you know, we're, we're in a business of analogies, right? So I always compare it to building a house, right? There's a lot of work that goes into the front end of building a house. Yep. But once it's built, now you just have to care for it, right? And so the same way with a financial plan, it takes a little bit of work on the front end to get it built. But once it's there, then it's just maintenance as the years go by. So yeah. It's, any other yeah, any yeah. other things like, you can think of that have kind of gotten in the way of good planning for for you and clients? I think the biggest thing in how financial planning has always been, and and we're going to break into this later. We're going to talk about the old school financial plans, but I think people still have their mindset towards, I meet my advisor or I've heard of my, my parents or my grandparents or whoever meeting their financial planner once a year, getting this big old 330 page booklet and uh, filled with a bunch of things that nobody understands. And uh, they'll see them again next year and the plan will be ripped up and uh, go ahead and let's just start over from the beginning, right? That's not the way things are done um, with technology. Like I said, I'm jumping way ahead here and we're going to come back to this later on. Um, but with technology being what it is now, um, it's it's much more user-friendly than yeah. it was, shoot, 10 years ago. Um, yeah. even and a couple of years ago. Even a couple of years ago. You know, it's to the point now where, you know, we're not here. And this is one thing that I always want to make clear with my clients as we're beginning the process. I said, I'm not here to take over your financial life. This, that's not my job. My, you know, because at the end of the day, you're going to be the one that decides how everything goes, right? I'm going to be here to help guide you, to give you my recommendations and to show you how decisions, you know, have their causations, right? To show you how, all right, if you choose to do this, this is the cause and effect. Okay. And they're still free to make their decisions however they want. My job is not to make the decisions for them. It's to show them the results from, from different decisions they could make. And yeah, I think that's a very important point to understand the, people the think role that, of a good advisor. Yeah, people think that sometimes we're here to 
take over. Well, no. I mean, we're here to help and we have a lot of, I, I like to think that we have a lot of expertise and a lot of knowledge that we can, that we can give, but that's what we're given. We're giving our knowledge and we're giving ideas on ways, you know, on, on improvement ideas uh, or things that are in great shape and things that we really don't need to worry about much anymore. Um, at the end of the day, um, I'm, let's, let's give an example. Prime Day was what, yesterday and the day before? Yep. Um I'm sure there were people that blew out budgets looking at Prime Day stuff and grabbing the new, uh, uh, you know, toothbrush that's also a comb or something like that, you know, because it's on Prime and it's normally $29.99 and now it's on sale for $21.99. People are going to do that, right? You know, people are natural creatures of, you know, we, we, we make money, we earn money, we spend money, right? Um, my job is to say, don't you dare buy a toothbrush. It's also a comb, although that does sound kind of weird and would be gross. Yeah. I'm sure there's one out there, but our job is not to do that. It's to help you and, and we're to help there be a, be a sounding board, be a resource and be a guide, not to be a, not to be the decision maker. And that's one thing that I always try to make clear with my clients as we're beginning the process is my job is not to make your decisions for you. It's to help you guide you yourself in your own decisions. Yeah, I've always told I always told clients, financial planning clients especially, that you know a, a big part of financial planning is the idea that we have a finite amount of resources, right? If if money was endless, none of this conversation could happen. But we have a finite amount of resources. So, take your example of tooth comb, the, the tooth comb, tooth comb brush, whatever, I like it. Uh, and, and, and take that to a higher level from a planning standpoint, right? It's it's the decision of, I have $25,000 extra in my bank account. Do I invest that? Do I leave it in my bank account? Or do I pay down my mortgage, right? Yep. It's 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 That's what financial planning does, is it gives us the ability to say, let's evaluate this, not from a sales standpoint. And I think that's, you probably agree with me, but... That's one of the biggest issues in our industry is people that automatically come in guns blazing with a product to sell as opposed to here's some solutions. Now, how do we how do we fit the quote unquote product into that? In other words, there's your your issue. Uh, I have twenty five thousand dollars extra. Here's my couple options. The salesman's choice is going to be buy this product because it gets me a commission. Yes. Whereas you should be able to sit down with your client when they have a financial plan in place and show them the impact of that decision on their long-term future and then use that to make an informed decision on what to do with those funds. And to me, that's one of the biggest things a plan does is it gives the ability for the, the planner or advisor and client to look at a decision point together and figure out how to move forward based on how that decision impacts the future. It's so funny when you said that, that $25,000 sitting around, because I'm sure we've both gotten that question a number of times. Um, I had it this morning. Yeah. You know, uh, my first three questions, how much cash do you got in the bank? How's your job looking? And um, how's your spouse's job looking? How much do you have in there? Because we, we know when we talk financial planning is you want to have a, you want to have a very good amount, especially in a time like this, you want to have a good amount still in the bank. Why COVID? I mean, let's be honest. 
and all of its repercussions, right? So there's always that set amount. It's three to six months, you know, yada, yada, yada. We've had that conversation with all of our clients. Three to six months worth of liquid cash available, right? Now, periods like this, all right, let's think about their employment. Let's think about their employment. Let's think about what's going on. So there's, you know, and what's the chances that they're going to get laid off? What's the chances that they're going to have a, you know, need a career change or whatever else that's going on right now? So the the first question isn't what what should should never be and what people think maybe sometimes we do is what can i put this what can i put this person into it should be what would that decision do if something goes wrong right so we talk about the road bumps if something goes wrong and that 25,000 is now tied up somewhere else what could go wrong right so that's the first thought that goes through my head is like okay because the last thing that we want to do is we stick if we end up sticking it away let's just let's just say we Tell them to put it in their 401k, add it, you know, or add portion to their 401k, max out their 401k for the year, yada, yada, yada. What decision does that have of in four months? Husband loses his job because COVID shut down his factory for a month or something like that. He gets furloughed. What decision does that have? Because the last thing that he'd want to do then is go back into his 401k, take a loan. 401k, right? Right. Yep. So there's, there's so many questions that need to get for just that simple question. That's simple. I've got $25,000 extra to invest or extra sitting in the bank account. What do I do with it? There's a lot of questions that need to be answered before that decision can even be, before you can even lay out the possible solutions. Right. Not even thinking about product, the possible solutions were when we're talking about placement. So in a nutshell, the financial plan gives you a baseline, right? It gives you something to follow along the way as you kind of work towards your goals. Yep. I mean, in, in reality, it just gives you, uh, you ever read those books uh, when you were younger? Uh, did they make paper books when you were, you're only a couple of years old. I mean, I guess I can't make that joke. The, like the choices books? The choices. And it's like, skip to page 73. Yeah. If yeah. you chose B, skip to page 85. We're constantly making those choices throughout our lives, right? Yeah. So financial planning gives us the opportunity to look at cause and effect of those choices we made. You know, it's like it's skip to page 85 and that, that page is like a, that that section of the book and then it's like a page and then you you know you die of uh, i'm thinking oregon trail here but you die right and you're gone right that's a that's a cause and effect you chose to go to page yeah. 85 and this is what happens so in a nutshell our financial lives work out the same way everything yeah. that we choose to do has an effect because if we're using money you know you always think opportunity cost if you're putting money in one place you can't put it in another place right right it's cause and effect so going back to kind of those barriers, um, because th this is something that, you know, I, I want people to take away from this conversation today is number one, you may not need a plan, right? Um, but at some point you will, and maybe it's important to understand, even if you're doing something basic right now, it is the start of a plan. So, mm -hmm. so keep that in your mind. Number two, if you're, if you're retired, and you don't have a financial plan, um, then I always have to question, you know, like, how are you making, how are you and your advisor, how are you making good decisions if you don't really have a roadmap to where you're going, right? So, you know, I want to encourage people to, to reach out to their advisor and figure out how to put together a plan, even if it's basic. But I, but I did want to tie back in a little bit to one of the biggest obstacles, and, and that's the idea of how 
the process of this and how cumbersome it can be. And, you know, we've seen all the, you know, the big questionnaires that people have to fill out. Um, there is, so the Kitsis research team, so Michael Kitsis, you and I obviously a big fan of, uh, of his mm-hmm. and the organization. 2018, how financial advisors actually do financial planning. Basically a research study on financial planning from the vantage point of the advisor and what they do. And what was really interesting to me was when they looked at the time consumed is that the average plan takes 15 hours to put together and that 37% of advisors said that it's a three meeting process, right? Now, if, if, if the average meeting is an hour to an hour and a half, mm-hmm. that could be exhausting for a client to know that, okay, I have to go in. I mean, let's face it. We don't have the most exciting professions. So it's not like, you know, I think we probably rank right above dentistry when you come into the office to meet, to go over your finances. You've so offended every dentist we all know of now, Mike Whitaker. Even my best friends that are dentists would are sitting there going, yeah, yeah, he's right, he's right, he's right. Um, so, but it's interesting because 11% said they get it done in one meeting. And I can't think how I could get a financial plan done in one meeting. Um, so you can get a napkin plan done. I mean, that's, that's about the extent of it. You know, roughly, yep. you know, you can pull out the rule of 72. All right, investments double every 10 years. You can pull out, you know, they've talked about safe withdrawal rates, uh, right around 4% a year in retirement. Here's yeah. about how much you need, right? Napkin planning. Yeah. It's, um, probably for your younger clients, that's going to work. That's, you could probably get a basic plan done in an hour, right? Yeah. But I, I found it interesting. You actually have 13. So here's the numbers as they shake out, right? Um, 11% do it in a single meeting, 31% in two meetings, 37% in three, 13 in four, and 5% actually have a process that goes five or more meetings. So that, you know, 60% there. So basically roughly two thirds are, are doing this in a three to what, two to three meeting process. So, you know, and, and that's just the meetings. A lot of people are sending out these massive questionnaires in the beginning. And I know that seems to stop a lot of people in their tracks. Like people that are listening to this, if I were to ask them if they've ever embarked on the process of doing a plan, what was the one of the most painful things? I guarantee you it's going to be that 36 page questionnaire that was given to them that has 75% of it that doesn't even apply to their situation. Right. Wouldn't you agree? Yep. And that's where technology comes into play again. Yes, definitely. And we'll break into that later, but that's where technology comes into play. I remember uh, I started in the business in 04, about the same time you did. And I remember, man, those first few financial plans that you did, it was like a 30 page questionnaire. It was like list all of your assets. And I mean, people are expected to go out and I got two coffee mugs sitting on my desk right now. Um, I was I was expected to go. What are the two coffee mugs worth? <laughs> it's a buck twenty nine a piece. All right, add them up. Everything. Add them up. Let's fill it in. Um, you know, and then obviously situations changed. You know, between this year and next year, um, financial planning is supposed to be an ever evolving process. And this is where I question a little bit, like when we, when we, it was really interesting when you were bringing that up, because I started to think about financial planning in general. Is it supposed to be a zero or a one meeting or a two meeting or a three meeting or a four meeting or a five meeting process? Because what's more important to me is the follow through on however many meetings it starts. A financial plan is not done today 
forever, right? And what I mean by that is that no matter how many meetings you have to start, what my bigger question is, is where do you go from there? How do you evolve with the changes, right? And yeah. that's where technology comes into play again is that I just laughed about that because I'm like, you know, we can stick a bunch of papers in front of somebody in a meeting or two, I guess, or three meetings or four meetings or five meetings. The question is, is how much of that is actually getting followed through on? And maybe that's where our bigger issue lies as an industry. Yeah, well, I think that's a great way to end the show because it segues us right into you know part two of this series on financial planning uh, because I want to spend some time talking about the traditional process and what our process looks like and maybe spend some time discussing the nuances of creating a plan. Um, you know, So we'll wrap this episode up and we appreciate everyone listening out there. If you have any questions or comments for us, find us on our MBE Wealth Facebook page. That's the easiest way to do it. Ask away. Um, you know, and we're happy to help any way we can. So thanks again. And until next time, cheers. Money Speak is hosted by MBE Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Views expressed on this show are of the hosts and guests only. Information contained in this show should not be considered investment advice, tax advice, or personal recommendations. Consult your financial or tax professional with questions. Advice may only be provided after entering into an advisory agreement with MBE Wealth Management.